Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I am Mark Poulos, and this is The Ride Home. It is Sunday. I am driving home from my week of shows. I was in uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois this week working at uh, Hey Guys Comedy Club. Um, It's a newer club. They've only been open about 55 weeks. It's run by a, uh, a comedian... And uh, I always find that interesting because more often than not, uh, we find that in our business where, um, you know, you just kind of get to a point in your career where it just doesn't make any sense to be gone 50 weeks a year when you've got a family at home and children and you'd like to actually watch them grow up and not every comedian has that evolution into corporate and college work where they can uh, they can work less and make more and not have to worry about that stuff so it's kind of uh, you know it's a logical step for a lot of comedians to uh, become club owners you know because I think there's a sense that they feel like I've been there I've done that um I know how it works, you know, and now that I'm the owner, like, I can do it better than the owners that came before me, and I'll be more sensitive to a comedian's needs and wants and stuff like that, and sometimes it is that way, where you go to a club, like, like, hey guys, um, comedian there is, his name is, uh, Bruce Beach, very nice guy, and he does understand that whole thing, like, he was telling us the other day, like, we get, the hotel that they put us up in is, is amazingly nice, and he said, you know, I, I could go the route of a lot of other club owners, and, you know, get a shitty apartment, or downgrade you guys to, like, the Motel 6 or something, but he's like, I'm not gonna do that, because I hated that shit when I would tour around, so I want to make sure that it's nice here, and and you guys feel comfortable, and I appreciate that, you know, and you appreciate the little things when you go to clubs, you know, he, he has kind of a limited menu, but, you know, the food for comedians is 50% off, and, you know, you get a couple drinks per show, and stuff like that, and it's, it's nice, you know, you, you feel taken care of, it's, it's kind of shitty sometimes when you go to a, a club that's owned by a comedian, and they, they've gone through what you've gone through and they're still treating you like shit, you know it's like, fucking dude, you were here you were me like five, ten years ago 
why are you, you know, doomed to make the same mistakes as other clone owners? And really, I think it just all comes down to one thing, and that's money. So, comedians notoriously, uh, a lot of them anyways, especially when they get later into their career, um, and they get older, and they realize that uh, their the opportunities are kind of depleting, so when they get the gigs that they can get, they have to pretty much squeeze out every little dime from it that they can, that uh, those older comedians, they be, they, for lack of a better word, they, they become cheap, you know, and, you know, and there's a, a terrifying trend that's happening in comedy clubs across the country now where um, they're devaluing the feature spot to the point that the feature is barely getting paid now. And they're making the headliner money more so they can attract, you know, higher profile comedians, which in turn would, you know, draw people to the club. And I get the whole process. It's just like, the, the problem I have with it is when you start stripping away the money from the feature spot, it's going to make it almost impossible for a feature um, to sustain himself as a comedian on the road. Like, when I started out as a feature and I toured around, it, it was tough. I scraped by for years, but then again, I was single. All my stuff was at my parents' house. I didn't really have any responsibilities or any bills, so... I would just go and live out on the road, you know, and sleep in my car and, you know, uh, sneak into continental breakfasts at Holiday Inns. And if you're a comedian out there and you don't know the trick of the free continental breakfast, you need to get with it. Because the whole thing is like, one of the biggest things for me on the road, obviously, if you've listened to my act or know who I am, um, I poop a lot, guys, and finding a nice bathroom to take a poop in on the road sometimes is tough, you know, it's like, is this, is this gas station going to be clean, is this Walmart going to be open, you know, that kind of shit, so what I do is I go to um, upper echelon hotels, and I shit at the hotels, because... <laughs> The upper tier hotels, like the Radisson's, the Holiday Inn Expresses, the the Candlewood Suites, the Fairfield Inns, they have to have a bathroom on the first floor somewhere. And it's like the perfect scenario because who's shitting in the lobby bathroom of a hotel when you have your own hotel room, you know? It's a very rare time, you know, when there's a bunch of people in the room and and you have to go use the bathroom downstairs. So it's always empty and it's always clean. And then when you get finished, usually you can kind of just slide on into the free continental breakfast, fix yourself up a plate, and then head out. Nobody asks any questions, you know? Who would think to ask a question? (laughs) Are you a comedian sneaking in to shit in our bathroom and steal our breakfast food? Like, who would even think to ask that question? So that's, that's your tip for the day, kids. If you travel as a comedian, shit at hotels and steal the continental breakfast.
they're, they're going to throw out all the extra food anyways, and they always make the same amount every day, so might as well have a free waffle and some microwave bacon or whatever the fuck it is. So anyways, back to this week. So it was, uh, it was four shows, and then they ended up adding a fifth show because uh, they had a corporate that came in, and corporate show was just a... It was more of a fundraiser. It was like a group of people that were raising money for uh, for girls lacrosse at uh, at this high school, and I got to be a part of it, which was nice. They were really really cool people, and uh, I did a uh, a fun podcast with uh, with a buddy of mine that I was working with, Chad Miller. He's a very funny comic. We also did a podcast that'll be out in the next couple weeks, um, but his, his story, he's got a funny story too, because he, uh, he has this joke about, um, Asian character tattoos, and, uh, and, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's an overdone premise, but it's, it's kind of like a lot of people do the premise, but the way that he, does it is unique, you know, but it's the basic idea of, like, people getting tattoos of, uh, of Japanese and Chinese shit on themselves and not knowing what it says, hoping that it says what they told the guy to do, you know, like, I want a tattoo on my back that says strength and power, you know, and, uh, and then come to find out that it just means orange chicken or whatever. So he sells a shirt that looks like a, a Chinese character from their from their alphabet, but when you look really close, it's it's a chick getting fucked doggy style. So it's really funny. But uh, back in the day, he was uh, he was touring around a bunch selling a shit ton of t-shirts, but, uh, the problem with selling t-shirts sometimes is when you need to buy more t-shirts, you know, it's like a catch-22, because it's like, you need the shirts to sell after the show, so you can make the money to pay your shirt guy, but, you know, obviously, in any kind of business, they want the money up front, which makes sense, but, you know, being comedians, we're like, this doesn't make any sense, like, I need the shirts so I can make the money to give you the money for the shirts that you just made, you know, it's just like, we're kind of idiots sometimes, but, uh, so he had racked up a tab with his shirt guy, and there was another comedian that just happened to be working, um, at the club that the, my shirt guy works at, and he was kind of talking about how he was a little down on his luck, and, and things weren't going really well, and, so the shirt guy, like, boom, light bulb, decides to call Chad and be like, hey, do you mind if this guy sells your shirt and he'll pay you a commission, blah, blah, blah. So I think it turned out to be something like, uh, for every shirt that he sold, he would have to pay Chad $2 or something like that. And I think he owed my shirt guy, like, I think it was like 900 bucks or something like that. So this other comic started selling Chad's shirt and literally paid his tab off in like two weeks. So that's just crazy. 
but I guess that other guy isn't doing comedy anymore, but we were just joking around about, uh, uh, about comics selling other people's merchandise on the road and not really giving two shits about it and then just kind of arguing eminent domain type of shit, you know, because there's, there's the string of shirts that are out there that everybody is arguing that they came up with it and I, I think it's just a shirt that's existed since the beginning of funny shirts and the basic idea of it is that you have a shirt and when you look at it it just looks like gibberish and then you fold the bottom part of the shirt up over the top part of the shirt and then it spells out words or some shit like that just google like gibberish shirt and it'll probably come up and take a look at it but so there was a comic touring around that was selling one of these and when he folded it up it said fuck off and then another comic that we knew started selling one that said fuck you or something like that and everybody was confused like did you know did you get the okay from the other comic to sell that shirt and he would always be like oh yeah we're good friends he said it was fine but uh i just wanted to get this out there because uh chad was so we did the podcast and then he did the the five horrible questions and uh so he's married so the fifth question is always um reveal something that you've never told your wife or girlfriend and it's an interesting question because it's like in my mind when i wrote the question i was like you know this will be a really juicy question because I just, like, in the back of my head, I just assumed it would be something that would test the fabric of of their relationship, you know? But I always get interesting answers that I'm, that I'm never prepared for, and Chad's wasn't any different, so you need to, uh, to check out the podcast to hear his answer to uh, reveal something you've never told your wife. But then he came, we did the podcast on Friday and then he came down to the club on Saturday and he was like, dude, we got to re-record that podcast because, because uh, I, uh, I thought of something funnier than what I said and it's a really funny story. So he was staying with another comic and when you stay with other comics, it, you know, it's never, there's, <laughs> it's never a dull moment. You know, we're always like pulling pranks on each other and sometimes it gets, surprisingly really close to being homosexual in certain things, you know. I don't know what that is. I'll, I never understood that as a kid where guys in high school or your buddies and stuff would do, like, really homosexual things as, a like, just to be funny, you know. You'd be, like, on the couch and they'd just be, like, grabbing your balls and shit and be like, oh, you like this, don't you? And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Or, you know, I I always struggled as a kid with my weight. So I always had, like, little man boobs. And guys would always, like, play with them and shit. And it was like, nothing drove me more insane than when people were fucking around with my man boobs. It's like, yeah, I get it. I have a real problem with it. You know, stop fucking around with them. So apparently... Chad was staying with another comic and they were just pulling pranks back and forth on each other and he went to the show that night and he used to have this little like uh, credit card terminal thing and this was before they came up with the things you plug into your headphone to swipe a credit card 
it was an actual machine that like printed paper out and shit. So he went to the show and he sold a bunch of shirts and stuff. And then he got a text from the other comedian and he said, so did you sell any shirts tonight? And it was like, you know, he said, yeah, I sold a bunch. And then he sent him a picture of, uh, of his credit card terminal with this guy's dick all over it. So, you know, it was like a joke, like I put my dick on your thing and you were just punching a bunch of numbers into it, like you touched my dick or whatever. And then I guess they just went back and forth for like months where they would, uh, he would stop by the house just to say hi and then sneak off and take a picture with his dick on something and they would just keep sending them back and forth to each other and it's just like, it's borderline homosexual, you know, it's like you're not doing it for for sexual needs, but you are still sending your dick to another guy, which is kind of, kind of towing the line of gayness. So the, uh, the shows at the club were fun, man. I had fun working with Chad and, and catching up with him and talking about life and shit. Um, nothing too crazy happened while I was on stage. I think the only, uh, the only show that, that was a little, little crazy was a late show last night. Um, it was an interesting night of shows last night because early show, they were really like clammed up and like tense and they weren't really laughing as much as I would assume. And I did some joke about, uh, oh, I did the, I've got a joke about KY jelly and, and it being waterproof now or something like that. And I mentioned something about, uh, a dry vagina and this guy goes, God, this is horrible. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like it's a comedy club, you know, what the hell? So then I go from that to late show and then late show they're all like drunkard and shit and I got a lady in the front row in a hat who's who's heckling me and by heckle I mean she was like just asking me questions about my material while I was trying to perform it you know it's like is that really true like I don't need to fact check fact check my comedy set while you're in the front row you know so I'm dealing with her, I'm dealing with these two guys in the front row that are being nut jobs, and then uh, literally with like 11 minutes left of of the show, like a guy comes in to watch the show, there's 11 minutes left, and he sits down with his, with his group and immediately starts like trying to catch my attention. So I'm like, you know, what's the big deal? And he's like, you're supposed to make fun of me, and I'm like, why am I supposed to make fun of you? And he was like, well, it's my first time at a comedy club and I want to get made fun of. So I went off on him a while about his mustache and how it looked like Hulk Hogan. And he probably shouldn't look like Hulk Hogan with all the problems he's having. And and the standard question asked him what he did for a living. And he said he was a FedEx driver, but he was so drunk. It sounded like he said he was a FedEx driver. And so I went off on a tangent for about five minutes, which I think is going to become a bit in my act about how uh, he's a FedEx driver, which is, you know, they deliver everything except packages. So it's like you're just driving around with your buddy delivering smokes and booze to your friends. It's FedEx, you know. It did really well, so I was glad about that. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, nothing too crazy. I uh, I always have fun there. Saturday, it was the one-year anniversary of the uh, the grand jury decision and the Ferguson riots. Needless to say, I was a little nervous, but not that nervous because Fairview Heights is outside of like St. Louis proper. So I was like, if any shit's gonna go down, nobody's gonna be uh, protesting or burning shit down in Fairview Heights, Illinois. But I'm like, you never can tell nowadays, you know. Um, protests and crazy shit go down everywhere, you know. So it was, uh, thankfully for the city of Ferguson and, and the people of St. Louis, it was a peaceful day. I guess there was peaceful protests and, uh, and nothing really crazy went down, which was nice. Because I, uh, for the last couple weeks, I've gotten in this, like, YouTube cycle thing. Like, you know, they always talk about it, like... I'm sure in, uh, in 10 years, YouTube cycle is going to become like a fucking word that's in our dictionary, where it's like you start watching one thing, and then you end up going down the rabbit hole and watching a bunch of other shit, and before you know it, it's like three hours later, and you're like, what happened to my Saturday? But it's, uh, it's so interesting to me how much, how much footage is out there now of, uh, of police acting badly, and a part of me is, like, kind of angry about it because there's so many other police officers that are doing their job and doing a good job and protecting people and being heroic, and it's just, like, a few bad apples that are just being highlighted, but I guess that's kind of how it is and everything, you know. We're never going to watch a newscast where they start it and they're like, everything's fine today. It's a really good day. What's the weather like? Beautiful. What about sports? All our teams won. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, you know. It's like they thrive on uh, on discourse and they thrive on, uh, you know, they always say in TV news, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, it's just, they're trying to get ratings, that was the thing that made me laugh when I worked in TV news, um, which I didn't know, but the way that they do the, uh, the ratings book and the Nielsen ratings is if you can get a person to watch your show, uh, past the 50% mark, let's, like, let's say, you have a show that's 60 minutes long and someone watches for 31 minutes, they don't even have to watch the last 29 minutes. They're just uh, marked down as someone that watched the entire program. And that was always kind of strange to me, you know. So they always stack the newscast to get people to stay to like 10, 16 so they could get those ratings. And that's why, if you ever notice, um, the weather report is always at, like, 10.17 or 11.17 whenever your news starts. It's always 17 minutes into the broadcast because they know that, like, for whatever reason, people love watching someone talk about the weather. Oh, and God, people in Minnesota love watching somebody talk about the weather. And especially old people, too. Like, I don't know, I don't understand what that is, like... 
when I was a kid, my parents would watch TV and they'd be like, well, you know, just we gotta we gotta check out the weather. We gotta check out the weather for tomorrow. It's like open your door and be like, what is the weather today? I worked with this guy, uh, uh, Jeff Cesario, and uh, he had such a funny joke about the weatherman shouldn't even have a map and all that kind of shit. He should just have a mannequin that is either uh, wearing a coat or not wearing a coat, you know? So it's like, Bob, let's go to the weather mannequin. No coat. All right. Um, so... Anyways, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about. I accidentally honked my horn while I was trying to set my cruise control and it threw me all the way off. Anywho, it's good to be headed home. Uh, next week I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be at Goonies Comedy Club in Rochester, Minnesota, doing four shows on Friday and Saturday. So if you uh, if you're in the Rochester area, please come out and see uh, one of those shows. Check out Large Drunk Man for uh, all my upcoming dates. And uh, you can always get this podcast at iTunes or Podbean, Stitcher, and Tuned In, and all the other places. And uh, I just want to say uh, a personal thanks to uh, Hey Guys Comedy Club and uh, Bruce Beach for making me feel welcome and, uh, and uh, having another great week on the road and uh, helping me provide for my family. And uh, if you're if you're in the St. Louis area, the Fairview Heights area, surrounding area, get out to Hey Guys Comedy Club and support Bruce because it's a it's a club run by a comedian. He understands how to keep people happy and pleasant servers, good food and and good drinks and uh, and just get out there. You know, see some live entertainment. Turn the Netflix off and get out of your house. So thanks again, guys and. Tune in next time when we talk about who knows.